Hello, it's Graham Cove with another My Music. My friend here, Stan, I'm going to be talking to him in a minute. He's moving around all over the place. Who knows? We've got to try and keep him still. No, don't worry. Don't apologize. I'm a chronic fidget. What you need is one of these. I need to get going, Mel. See you later. In fact, that's their laptop stand. But the same company also do one of these. Look at that. That's for a phone. Isn't that genius? So if you're, nice. if you're doing phone interviews, look, you can fold it up. You can take it with you, put it in your pocket, but you can get that out and you can do your phone interviews off of a little stand and it will stay still. How are you, Stan? Where, where, where are you coming from today? Um, I live in Dover, man. I'm on the on the southeast coast. Right right on the edge. And I'm, I'm right. good, yeah. Yeah, right be, right before you, we drop off and, and start swimming. What a marvellous yeah. place, place to live. Um, yeah, I like it, man. I haven't been here long, but yeah. It's, so, uh, wait, when the, when did you move there? About two years ago. All right. So you saw the pandemic out there, though. Yeah, everything was locked down when I moved. So I just spent my days renovating, and yeah, <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention. It must have been quite room. an interesting place to be, um, actually, because you know Dover's normally quite busy. There's stuff coming in and out of it, or whatever, but. In, in the middle of a pandemic when not a lot's coming in and out of it, that must have been quite quite an interesting time to have seen Dover. Well, um, the nature here, like around the town, is absolutely beautiful. So I just spent a lot of time walking around just out in the fields and listening to music really in my own little world, and I still do that. Well, that's great. I love it, man. Oh, that's, that, that is the best way to keep keep sane, I feel. When did when did you start first listening to music? Was it as a young boy? Was did your um, did your parents get you into music or friends or who was it? I guess it, I say it become more of a conscious thing in my teenage years. You know when you start to like sort of figure out who you are. I guess. But um, when I sort of think of stuff that I loved as a kid, like TV shows or you know movies, and, and I go back to now I'm older for like nostalgic purposes, I always notice how good the music is. So I think I was always enjoying the music, even if I wasn't fully aware of it. Yeah. So yeah, you know, kind of forever really, ever since I can remember. Do you know what I mean? It's just not always a conscious thing when you're a kid. Yeah, I used to, I'm I I still miss. Which sounds bad, really, but I still miss like kids' TV that we grew up with when I was younger because it was like there was quite a lot of music on it. And nowadays, Ooh. on a Saturday morning, right? Yeah, I'm talking about Saturday morning sort of TV, but there were yeah. always there were always bands on being interviewed, etc. They probably hated it because it was like they were surrounded by kids and they were being asked stupid questions all the time, like you know, what's your favourite football team? which you know some bands didn't even like football but it was all i i loved lived for those moments because every now and again there would be a really great band on on a saturday morning in amongst all of the pop rubbish there would be a really great band and it was like quite interesting watching them sweat i guess so yeah saturday morning tv you you were just giving an example before a and, and apologies for anyone that 
wonders what's happening with this edit. But uh, we were having a bit of interference, so Stan had to drop out and come back in again. But you were talking about an episode of Blue Peter with Mark Hamill. Yeah, I think it was like 1980, so the Empire Strikes Back was just about to come out. So they're obviously doing like press tours. And they're on, you know, they've got these Americans come over and they're on this Blue Peter show and they're feeding them Star Wars stew that's been made by like one of the kids that watches the show. They're, they're sitting there like stroking dogs. And Mark Hamill, like, he feeds some of the soup to one of the dogs and then puts the spoon back in his mouth. But the whole thing's just really bizarre. But it's like, I've missed the charm of this old English TV. Like oh, I just, do. They must, they must have just, you can tell they're like, what is this program? Like it's, yeah. and it's like can't I do this with a new cast it'd be great <laughs> oh, oh no I, I love it I, I love all of those moments there there was there's been some really great moments of it down through the years I I followed a band called Marillion for years you you might remember them kind of neo-prog band um still yeah, going I know that now. still going going to see them actually tomorrow but um they're they're original singer fish who was a larger than life character there's a there's a great episode on a sort of saturday morning tv thing where he's he's sat there and he's reviewing uh, other people other bands um videos and one of the videos that he reviews is this band that then features the the singer that will ultimately replace him in the band <laughs> so <laughs> It's it's kind of a classic moment, uh, you, you know. You just kind of live for things like that. But yeah, it was it was also yeah, uh, you know, getting people like Robert Smith onto something like Saturday Superstore, or whatever. <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah, it's totally different now. It's, it's much more slick now, which is it's too slick. Fun. It's boring. Right? It's really stale, and yeah. no, no one, no one ever sort of is just sincere. It's always everything's amazing, everything's great. No one's like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think people remember? were a bit more honest, like on TV. Yeah, do you remember the Maybe. tube? Did you did you watch the tube when that was on? Yeah, well? I've seen I've seen some of the some of that stuff on YouTube actually. Yeah, cool. I just love it. I I, I love the fact that really, you know, uh, Jules Holland, Paulie Yates didn't really know what was going on, um, and it was just chaos. Uh, but but they just kind of went for it, you know, and just then later on, yeah. Terry Christian. Yeah, it was just, just, you know, just winged and bands would see if they could push it, you know, and they were always on the cusp of actually getting taken off air. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the kind of TV we want, really, kind of chaos. Uh, too, too much these days is really predictable. And actually, the further it goes on, the more, even like reality TV, we were talking about that the other day at yeah. home. The Even furthest think, thing from reality. Oh, it's isn't it's it? It's so curated. It's just some yeah. people think it's real though. Yeah, but some it's people not. do genuinely think it's real. It's like, how do you think this is real? What's that show where like the geezer goes around like um, this program where a guy goes around like repoing cars, and nearly every episode he ends up, ends up in a shootout. It's like this guy just wouldn't have a job. Like this is just obviously fake, you know? Yeah. Like it's entertaining. It's funny, but so if you actually think it's real, it's like, come on. Yeah, my eldest, who's just got back from university, was doing film there. You, you know, he sat watching something the other day, and he said, "You know, people don't realise all of this is scripted." Yeah, and by scripted, it doesn't mean to say, you know, they've gone off and learnt lines and they're coming on and they're acting. But what it means is that the producers will have stopped it at a point and gone, "Oh, 
this is good or they will actually see that something's about to erupt yeah interpersonally yeah, yeah. and they will actually bring people to the side and go oh you know go on go on go and say something you know have you have you ever seen the louis through christmas special yes it's, it's kind of like the proto reality telly thing where you can tell he just picks a group of people he knows are not going to get on it's and then great. just has christmas dinner with them and watches them all explode that's, actually, actually that's that's the perfect christmas dinner isn't it i mean actually because most christmas dinners are a bit like that it's the <laughs> one time of the year where people invite round people that they wouldn't normally talk to for the rest of the year and it's, it's kind of a big social experiment around a turkey <laughs> I, i'd love it you know <laughs> it's great <laughs> well what, what's we're talking a lot about life does observation of normal life filter into the music that you make are you are, are you quite observational or are you or, or are you more about escapism um i'd say i am i mean i uh i like to think i'm pretty good at listening i try and listen to people rather than just waiting to talk which i think a lot of people make that mistake but yeah yeah I, um i mean everything gets in there somehow and influences it i suppose I like, like a, I, don't, I like to not say too much about what any of it means or whatever any I think of it the, means. I think the fun of it is just letting other people decide what it means to them. That's kind of what's special about music, right? Once you let it out, it's not really yours anymore. Yeah, no. I take So if you say agree. too much about what it is, you can kind of get on top of it and then maybe then if people read that, they know what it's about and it maybe removes what they thought it was about, which I think can maybe spoil it sometimes I don't know. yeah who who were the who were the first bands or, or artists that really inspired you um probably dylan and the velvet underground they were two two that because I, I was listening to music a lot but those were the ones where it really kind of was like whoa okay this is this is what i want to do if you know what i mean okay like it was like i'd been listening to a lot of music but it's like okay this is a step up this is this is the real deal and right. then i found a lot of bands after that that were kind of connected to that who were maybe still around that, that kind of carried on that sort of lineage of music well what what was it about those was it the authenticness of of what was being it's hard said, to or... uh, i don't know it's hard to quantify everything really, it? it just kind of i mean i was very young i was probably like 13 or 14 when i heard dylan stuff there's just something yeah. about the kind of almost like a reverent sort of nonchalance of the lyrical delivery, but it's so poetic and it had so much like melody to it. And I don't know, it just switched something on in my brain. Yeah. And then the Velvet Underground, I feel like they're kind of similar in a way. Like he's, you know, Lou Reed's lyrics were great, but the music had this more kind of dirty psychedelic thing which I really liked too. I was like, the, they were kind of like the two things that stayed in my music. Yeah. And they're happy to experiment as well with. Yeah. It's not like, it's just, I don't know. It was just unusual to my teenager brain. I was like, this doesn't sound like anything else. It's not, yeah. and it's more rough and kind of, you have to meet it halfway. It's not so like polished. And when did you, it, I don't know. when did you first start doing it for yourself? When did you first start making music? I can't really remember. I mean, I started playing when I was 13, so I was probably making stuff up pretty early, but... And what was that, guitar? 
guitar, yeah. I, I don't think I got close to being able to articulate what I wanted to do in my head into something recorded until I was like sort of 20 when I started, you know, learning to record myself properly. Yeah. I'd say by about 21, I was making stuff that I was pretty happy with. That's quite a long, that's quite a long period of, (laughs) of of playing, but not, not being happy. Yeah. 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 yeah, I guess, I guess so. I was just learning what I liked and learning how to. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it is, is, I think a lot of being able to make stuff that you want to make is being able to almost reverse engineer what you like and figure out what you like about it in a way. I yeah. don't do it in, 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 an, in an analytical way like that. It's more intuitive. But I think if you can understand the bones of what makes something feel a certain way, then you can go about doing your own thing with it. Yeah. It, it takes a while. It's a learning curve. Plus, I learned a lot of different instruments. So it wasn't just guitar. I, was, I learned to play like drums and keyboards, bass, harmonica. I was teaching myself to sing and learning how to write lyrics. Have you got a short attention span, perchance? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. No. I just felt like I needed to be able to play a lot of stuff to be able to make albums. Right. Well, that makes so, sense. So that's why I, I kind of learned a bunch of things. Because I make, I record records by myself. Right. And I play all the instruments. Is that... It's just out of necessity, really. It is. It's out of necessity. But then again, there are other people that can play. So what? what, what was it? in your mind that said well i want to do this all myself as opposed um, to do this part, with people part of it's the freedom like you could it could be like 2 a.m and i could have a good idea and get excited about it and i could just go and pursue it yeah you know so it's quicker it's more free um but also I, i'm kind of obsessive with it and i love doing it and other people at the time well, maybe not so much. I would get people to come and record their parts or get more involved. And I would find a lot of the time they would just be kind of bored or frustrated with the process of recording. I think it, people don't realize how slow Laborious it is. Yeah. yeah, it's not as fun as people think. So <laughs> I would find people, I would have just have a bunch of band members in the studio, like sleeping on the floor or something, or, you know, while I was doing stuff. So I was like, I'm not you're, you're right stuff. there. People have absolutely no idea how long it takes to, to record stuff. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. It was like this, the freedom thing. It wasn't really like a ego, manic, e- ego sort of thing. Like it was just, I have something in my head and I want to be able to execute without having to harass anyone or use their time. Up. I can just yeah. do it myself. So when you're putting an album together, so you, you've, you've, got this new album when when did you write this album um i think i was like 26 it's quite a while ago but so it's taken taken a while for this to come to fruition then. it's taken a while for it to come out but it didn't take a while for me to make it but i carried on okay. making a lot of records like i record a lot of stuff and it's piled up i've got something like seven unreleased albums or something crazy and I just want to wait. Wanted to wait a little while until I was in a different position to put this out, and now it feels like the right time. So, what, what, it's going to be like, like a. It's going to be like a steady a stream flood of stuff. Now. A flood, yeah, there's, yeah. There's tons of stuff. I'm what, really excited what, about it. Actually, that's cool. What were you waiting for? Um, different things. Like we were. Well, one one of the things I didn't want to bombard people with too much stuff. That was one of the reasons I just held back for a while. Because this will, this is our tenth release now, 
So I thought I'd just hold off for a bit. I moved, so, you know, we've been doing that. Yeah. Just just live through the, you know, it's like I wanted to get some things in place and then we'll try and bring it out on vinyl. I'm glad we did that. But now it's going to be a bit of a, it's going to be like a steady, uh, and I've got maybe two in my head that I need to record as well. So. Wow. Yeah. So you, you are a prolific guy. I do make a lot of stuff, yeah. I just love, I'm just obsessed with doing it, really. It's a rush. Yeah. Is it, are you, within the process of doing it, are you, do you have obsessions within that obsession as well? Are you, are you obsessed with trying to, to make something different every time? Are you obsessed with trying to um, just get better at the process or the writing? I think so, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I always want to feel like is it, there's a purpose to it. It's, I mean, I, I make a lot, but I try. I, I'm also very uh, critical, so I like to think I'm not just putting out anything. Yeah, because quantity isn't always quality, is it? But, um, no. Yeah, I try to just let it come as it comes. Um, I don't think about it too much. Sometimes I'll be really inspired by a certain sort of sound, like our last album was totally instrumental, and it was really sort of uh, cinematic, and I didn't use. I used hardly any guitars and it was all like keyboards and synths and I was making it like cutting up old drum beats of mine. It was more like hip hop production almost. And I really enjoyed making it and it was totally different sort of process. But I wasn't like, I'm going to do this, you know. It just sort of happened. I, listening to it, I mean, uh, if I take a track like uh, Foresight for Hindsight, there's a... If you listen to the guitar in that, there's there's like what I like about it is you've got you've got a you've got a line from the guitar which is quite set and repeats itself, and then you've got noodlings on the guitar over the top of it, yeah, yeah. which are just like <laughs> yeah. There's one guitar on that track where it's like okay, it, it was close to what I wanted it to be, but I was like it needs a little bit more texture. Yeah, you know, so I just plugged in and just made up this kind of loose, stuffy, jangly top. thing. Yeah, because it's I don't know, it just adds. And it's not the same every time I'm making it up. And I find yeah. when you listen to that back, it for me that's that kind of thing keeps your brain engaged with multiple listens because it's not so structured. Do you oh, know what I mean? It's not like exactly. a perfectly structured like pop song or something. So yeah. it has more more lifespan, I think. Yeah. No, I like that's what that. I'm trying to do anyway. I don't know. Well, like, yeah, no, I really like that because there's, you know, there's a temptation these days with, you know, uh, click tracks, auto tune, you know, quantizing everything else to have absolutely everything on the money, all the way through. Yeah. But as you say, from a listener point of view, that means that part of the you can you can build your ears build an expectation you know what's happening yeah your brain latches onto patterns it's like a just a thing we do is yeah so if and there's too like, much of it it can be boring it's not stimulating or for me it's not anyway yeah and as you it's say like you know, how uh it's, it's i don't i mean it's, and it's not the same for everyone but i love the sound of like tape warble yeah you know, the way the sound like subtly flutters and if you you can if you take a say like a pitch bender or a vibrato, but it moves the same amount in and out of pitch each time. It doesn't give your brain that same 
tingle because your brain picks up the pattern. It's it's shifting the same amount, but with like a tape warble, it's random. So yeah. there's an element of that that I've always been drawn to because you can't predict it. So your brain's like, oh, like, I like that. That's a, that feels good. Like, yeah. Would you would you ever would you ever experiment further with that? Uh, would you ever, you know, um, would you ever think about trying to create music that's completely organic? Trying trying to find a way where every t- single time that you listen to it, it's it is different in some way. Using technology to do that, maybe that was, I, t- I don't yeah. know. I think there's a fine line between it becoming kind of a, a, a mess, like a pretentious, <laughs> a, a pretentious mess, or something. That's, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was saying about the Velvet Underground, what's um, uh, like what goes on the the guitar lead part in that? I think he just played the solo like twenty times. And they just laid it over it over and over and over again and they're all slightly different. Yeah. And so the guitar when the guitar comes in, it just sounds absolutely mental. We've been playing together for years now, like seven seven, eight years. Um But does that does that work in the same way? Uh, probably even more so. Yeah, you don't you don't stick to a a very tight structure in terms of the yeah. songs. You allow them to you allow them to Yeah, I mean there'll be like there's like obviously like sections. So like this is where the verses or the dynamics come up here or whatever it is, but within it there's freedom to kind of get a little bit loose. And I think it's more interesting for it. Like I say, there's a line where you're just like shredding for yourself and to an audience is boring. Yeah. Well, I guess some people do love that stuff, but generally. So it's like oh, you want it somewhere in the middle. You want to you keep this play for the song, but also, you know, there's a little bit of freedom to yeah. move around within that. Yeah, it's a balancing yeah, yeah. act, I guess. Yeah, and, and as I say, that's what I loved about that track. There was a, there was a, there was a line in there that was holding the brain's attention, but there was yeah. this other line on top that's going, oh, it's going there, it's going there, it's going, there, you know. But also, there's an element there as well with that that, um, which I quite like as well is that that kind of loose kind of noodling kind of guitar is, is, is possibly where people start when they start playing lead guitar as well, as opposed to, you know, uh, yeah. unless you're going for that virtuoso, you know, a lot of people can't play, uh, you know, um, a, a melody straight off at speed or whatever but the kind of noodling thing trying to trying to pick up where, where your ear is and stuff like that it's where a lot of people start so is yeah. there an element to your music that that wants to be um whilst it wants to be something that people look at and and appreciate in terms of the the skill element of it but also it's you want to make music that you feel other people could feel that they could play as well yeah, maybe. Why not? I mean, if I can inspire other people to make stuff, what's, what, um, what more is there than that as a musician or an artist? Yeah. Like, I, some of the messages I get are, you know, are really kind. You know, it's like, oh, your, your music's inspired me to go and do my own thing like this or whatever. And it's like, and like, what's better than that? So There yeah, isn't like, anything better than that, really, of is course, it? Like, no, I don't think so. What, what, like, anything else is superficial, I think. Yeah, like it's the ultimate because that's how I felt listening to the stuff that made me want to do it. Well, that's where so I it's was. It's just going a very nice that. feeling, you know, and it's like, you know, I'm glad that you feel that. Way. 
like go for it go get it <laughs> yeah no i mean i i feel that dylan especially as an artist was was an artist where he kind of inspired other artists to to find themselves and follow suit and have their own voice yeah and he was very i mean to be in the hurricane of fame like that and all these labels being put on him i think if the wrong person could have got very self-absorbed and arrogant and he was more like that's not don't put these on me that's not good yeah that's not good for anyone just you know i'm just writing songs i like i always identify with that from when i was very young to be that level-headed and and real yeah you know because i think a lot of people in this business are very fake so i've always been drawn to that when you say fake what what is it that's fake about them well the, the music it's, it's, is the music it, fake or it's 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 well the... let's put it this way if someone else was in that position he got in and they were being called the voice of a generation they would probably start to believe it yeah. and kind of lap it up and be very self-absorbed whereas he was much more like i don't want that <laughs> yeah do you know well, what i mean he, he knew he wasn't that he knew he was just a uh well a troubadour yeah, he knew he was just a, a you know someone that was carrying tunes around. Yeah, and he had the strength of personality to be able to see that and just push it away. Yeah, which I think it, is very cool. It's 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 very cool. I think he is, you know, without a doubt, one of the coolest people on the planet. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Which which is which is great. So, like, um, where's the big ambition for you? You you know, he's there's. The ambition is what, or is, is it is it to to inspire and to leave a you know leave a body of work that people can be inspired by over a period of time? Is that is that the big ambition for you? Uh yeah, I suppose so. If you really get to the crux of it, yeah, what else is there? I just want to get it to as many people as I can, and hopefully make people feel good in some way or inspired or yeah. And um, just for me, I just look like I said. I just love doing it. I'm sort of obsessed with it. So yeah, it's an outlet. Are you are I'm you happy with the 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 way that the music, or the the way that music is disseminated these days? Are you happy with the fact that it's uh, it's all out there, digital, easy to to access, or or do you think that there's a we've we've lost something in that? Like everything has positives and negatives, right? So, mm. I mean, it's great that you have instant access to so much stuff because you can, you know, there's so much great stuff you can discover that can affect you in a pr pretty profound way sometimes. But at the same time, it's like there's too much coming at you that yeah, you can't focus on. Like stuff gets lost in the noise. You know, like everyone's a musician or a photographer or an actor or whatever it is now, you know. Right. They're not really, but there's just so much of it. It's like, do you know what I mean? It's like, where do I look? It's, it's almost too much digital noise every day. So I think I there's think definitely so. negativity that comes with that. Everybody's it's kind of stressful. You're right. Everybody's an expert in everything. You know, <laughs> and you can suddenly be an yeah. expert these days because you can self-proclaim yourself an expert. Yeah. in something and then you are an expert and it's okay yeah. because you're online and doing it i i always look for um personally i always look for authentic 
curation because I think that's the for me I think you need I think you need that I think you need people who you can trust to guide you into uh in what you're listening or reading etc I think I think it comes down to that authentic um curation I I I want to listen to something or I want to read something because somebody I trust who's I feel is being open and honest about what this is and is you know actually telling it for what it is is saying have a listen to this walks and all you know saying that uh, well it's you know this is this is quite good you know I not particularly fond of this particular bit or i'm not particularly this this doesn't resonate with me but you know whereas there i think there's a lot of curation out there that people believe these days which is just market forces yeah well it's like uh the telecommunications act sort of in like 97 in the us they claimed it was to help to to help kind of uh nurture healthy competition but all it did was just allow conglomerates or like one label to buy every music outlet and tv channel and then just share the same things on all of them it's like you notice after that point that it starts to get quite poor because yeah. the small guy just doesn't get through anymore like back before then you might have a chance if you hounded a radio dj enough he might just play your demo on the air whereas that's like stuff is so rare now just because of all the like legal things because like three companies or something own almost everything you know yeah so I, I mean, what you're saying where... about like if you have someone that you trust you know you might have similar tastes it definitely helps to to whittle things down a bit and give you some kind of style of what to check out but at the same time there's this like massive conglomerate curation which i think is just turned everything into like bland slot yeah it's almost all the same really I know if people don't know what I'm that. talking about, you know, just turn on a uh, one of those black dot things in the corner of your room and just say, play me, you know, X genre of music. And what comes out? Well, you know, just send... whoever's got the most money behind them. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes they'll be good, but a lot of the time talent and, and, and success are mutually exclusive, I find. Yeah. You know? like a lot of it's like who your parents are or what kind of money you have to push your music you know like there's a lot of connections and people just think oh well, this person is doing well because they're the best it's like it really doesn't work like that no i mean that's I've why got I like... friends who are like really gifted and you know nobody knows about them but if you put them in a room with some of these so-called like you know brilliant musicians of the day or whatever they would kick the shit out of them you know one-on-one -on -one for songwriters do you know what i mean like just, I find yeah no exactly exactly you, you and that and that's why i like platforms like bandcamp because and i'm not saying they do everything right but I, I like the fact that you know it's you get at the bottom it's like you know this is supported by these people and you you know you can actually form a relationship with those people or you, you you know those people and it and you get artists that uh, or you get playlists that are actually curated by fans or, or or people that like really like music right 
and yeah. and it's uh it it just feels more it just feels more genuine it just feels more you know people people don't have to actually put that stuff there as well i think that's the key to it people don't have to put that curation there they're not getting paid to do that curation they just want to put that curation there because they want to spit yeah. like the old mixtape, right? You know, when you yeah, used to, they're just passionate you used, about it. Yeah, you know, when you used to create a mixtape for your friend and you go like, mate, I still do that. To this. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, because it was great though, wasn't it? As a as a process, it was it, there was a lot of love in that. An awful lot of love in that. It was because you wanted you'd found these little gems and you wanted to pass that on. I think that's great. Um so I'm always looking for sort of like digital versions of that as well. Digital versions of the mixtape, if you like, where it's like yeah. someone passing their love on. There's nothing in it for them whatsoever. It's just, you know, they've they've spent the time, they've spent an hour or something curating that and saying, I like this for this. And, you know, you should really have a listen to this for this. And, you know, that's great. You, you just feel like that's come from a place of honesty and it, it's a good way of cutting for me that's a great way of cutting through the noise <laughs> because... yeah well it's, it's curated based on the passion for it not based on like who's got to deal with who and who needs to be included or like there's going to be a lawsuit or something yeah <laughs> Do you know what i mean it's just honest like i like this music because i like it and that's it there's nothing else behind it i, I mean my brother is probably the person that does that for me we have very similar tastes and he often sends me stuff and I nearly always like it. There so we go. kind of share music between each other, which is is nice. That's cool to have that in your life. That's definitely cool. Um, talking of finding music, um, you say this is this is available on vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. Where where do people get hold of that? Because I mean, that's a that's going back to your your tape wobble that again that's a, a medium that's worth actually investing in because it's slightly different every time you put the needle to the groove and like that's why i like vinyl <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah then there's something about just on a really basic level is like the size of the of the artwork the way it's presented it's yeah. not like a cd or a digital post-it note on the screen there's something about the size of it and being able to have it presented in your face on a big record and appreciate the art and the tangibility of it like there's something special about it i think i um, also like the commitment aspect of, of vinyl you've got you've got a you know um yeah you're not going to skip to tracks no you've got to commit to listening to record on. Yeah. yeah yeah um if you just if you look for flower power records you can buy it from now i mean if you just google the band and the album you know, it'll come up. It's pretty easy to find. There you go. So if you Google Black Market Come, you will find Ape Flare and Hijacked Ideas, and you'll be able to, to order yourself a piece of vinyl. Get some wax. A bit of, a bit of, bit of, um, is it black? Uh, one is orange and one is blue. Oh, one's orange and one's blue. The oh, artwork is, is, is a split, it's split color game. And, so. and you've got, there you go. I thought it was so, fun to do like that, you know. You have to order two so that you've got both colours. Because that's no, that's no, you, you get you get the one oh, record, but it's the a double. one record is split in half. No, it's a double LP. It's a, so one double record album. is orange and one right. is blue. But you get that, you know, as standard. 
there you go. That's lovely. You and then you can decide whether you're in an orange mood or a blue mood for the day. Yeah, yeah I like that as well. Well, Stan, thank you for coming and talking to me today. Thanks for thanks for taking yeah, the time. Yeah, it's been out. nice, man. Nice to yeah. meet you. Cool. And uh, finally I'll... for a screen. <laughs> there you go. Well, if you're ever down southwest Exeter or Bristol, mate, let us know. It's a long way from where you are. Uh, we've played Bristol a bunch of times, so it could potentially be in Bristol. Cool. Well, if you're if you're this way, let me know. I'll come and I'll try and come and see you. That'll yeah, be man, it'd be good to uh, meet you in the real world. Yeah, absolutely. But thank, thanks for thanks for coming and having a chat today. And uh, guys, please do go and investigate Stan's music. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Bye for now.